Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. Oui, oui, I am Jen. Ah, the French. I'm David. And he's welcome to what may be the weirdest episode of Rescue Bots we've ever seen. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, you two watched it before I did, and you both, like, said it was weird, and then I watched it. It's like, can't be that weird. We've seen a lot of weird shit, and then it started, it's like, <laughs> wait, is that who I... What it is? Oh, shit. Cade was definitely done with all of this. Cade was a mood for once. <laughs> Ah, uh, so yeah, this first aired April 18th, 2015, uh, directed by Kevin Burke and Chris Wyatt, who uh, previously wrote Bots and Robbers, and Wait. will go on to be the showrunners and executive producers of Bot Bots. That's what I thought. Oh. I actually, I had, like, not been looking at the screen when the writer names came up, and I thought later, I was like, who wrote this? Wow. Oh man, that's cool. That's cool. I like the Popbots cartoon a lot. Yes. And so we uh, we open uh, strange not with peril, but with we are we are just about to roll to the rescue. Uh, but Cody is held up uh, because uh, Frankie's there, and you know she's got good news and bad news. Uh, the bad news is she's been accepted to science camp, and Cody has not. But if he takes a math course, then he could go. And yeah, but uh, also, uh, math is hard. So he decides, uh, how about no? <laughs> well, yeah, but, but like, wait, how did, how did she get his results? Maybe they like... This does not seem normal. Posted them on the, on the board? What, what is this, a, a Japanese junior high school? <laughs> Maybe. You don't know that it's not. Maybe she had talked to the chief already. This is possible. Or maybe all the mail there comes through like a central pickup area because they're on an island. And so she picked up his mail. I don't know. But yes, she... Or they just have a really small class and they know... And she may not realize that tampering with the mail is a federal offense. I'm sure Chase will remind her. They're they're gonna put they're gonna put her in the cell next to Doctor Morocco. <laughs> they can't do that. Doctor Morocco escaped episodes ago, like half a season yes. ago. And, and those two crime druids <laughs> who keep getting out somewhere, I guess, because they're underage. Should be in juvie. Are they though? I don't know. I'm not sure how it's applied. Like how old they're? They seem like they're eighteen. They're, out of, they're 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 youths, but I assume they're of the age of maturity. They definitely have a like young adult vibe. Like they're young, but yes. they're legal. Yes. But also illegal. They're the evil Hardy Boys. More like the the wrestlers, the Hardy Boys. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, so you know he's you know he's not interested in this, so he just heads off to this rescue, and you know Frank, you know uh, he's popping into blades with Danny, and Danny's a little concerned because you know he and uh, Frankie have not been spending a lot of time together lately, and you know she's a little worried that they may drift apart. Oh no, friendship! This is uh, this is going to be true. This is going to be a very strange episode about friendship. <laughs> yes. And other things. And other things, and one of those other things is a bizarre energy vortex that uh, that opens up, discharging a steampunk hot air balloon. Is that a freaking time tunnel? What? You know what? You know what else is about friendship? The Bot Bots cartoon. <laughs> it's true. Bot ship is magic? <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, clearly, you know, last week it was, uh, you know, Crayfish Week, and this week it is Steampunk Week. Wow, flashbacks to all the most obnoxious people I knew in my 20s. Ooh. Bunch of guys with gears on their top hats. Yes. But yeah, they, uh, so, you know, the Blades hits this balloon. They are able to uh, rescue the pilot just before the, the balloon itself crashes. And, of course, the balloon... Is piloted by a guy with like old timey facial hair and steampunk goggles. Of course, 
You can't pilot an airship without steampunk goggles. It's required. What, what is this? Is, is this a Wizard of Oz fanfic? What's going on here? <laughs> uh, usually the Wizard of Oz is not French. We oh, read. yeah, the, the French guy. Because, yeah, they bring this guy back to the firehouse, and he is, he is, uh, he is vengeance. He is Le Nuit. He is Le Batman. <laughs> uh, by which I mean he is Diedrich Bader. Ooh. Oh, okay. It's like, I, I, what, I didn't, well, I didn't bother looking it up. I wasn't sure who it was. It's like, wait, is that Steve Bloom doing a French accent? No, that's a little too solid. Uh, you were, you will recall, of course, that he was Batman on, uh, Brave and the Bold. The second best Batman. Uh, we discussed his live action career in which we were unable to uh, remember whether he was in Office Space or uh, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> he was in Office Space. I don't know about Napoleon Dynamite because I've never seen it. Right, He was in both, but it oh. was indeed Office Space that he was the I tell you what I do man, two chicks at the same time. Yes. That's the Diedrich Bader <laughs> yeah. But he, you know, he was also on the Drew Carey Show and we talked about him just a couple weeks ago because he's also a mandroid on Transformers Earth Spark. Yes. Yes, he is. He's doing a pretty credible French accent here. Yeah. yeah. It, it's consistent, anyway. It's not as obnoxious as, say, Gambit in the old X-Men cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, stay tuned for us doing that Cajun Someday. Episode. Someday when we don't have important holiday things to do. <laughs> Dead oh. Thieves and the Assassins. Uh, I think there's a bunch of rogue in that episode too so there are a lot of Canadians doing accents they should not do (sighs) so bad (laughs) it's just that's definitely an episode where you have to turn on subtitles Uh, anyway, it turns out this is not just some random time-traveling Frenchman, but Jules Verne himself. Yes. What? Like, like when I saw him, I was like, oh, is this, oh, is this fucking Jules Verne <laughs> around the World 80 Days balloon? And then it frickin' was. And, and, and then Cade walks off into the background, sits down on the couch and nope. says, I'm out. And I yep. sort of was feeling that, too. It's like, I'm not sure I'm ready for someone's Jules Verne fanfic. Weirdly, this is not the first, uh, like, animated action cartoon I've seen that involves Jules Verne. I mean, he's a well, no, fun character to have in your animated action cartoon. I am sure he showed up in the Back to the Future cartoon. I was thinking, actually thinking of an episode of Mighty Max <gasps> in which he has prolonged his lifespan so he can fight the real-life Captain Nemo. Yes! Oh, man. So this episode is basically a sequel to that? What? (laughs) Or prequel? I mean, I guess. (laughs) I wonder, Ian, talk about lost shows that somebody needs to dig up more of. Hmm. So, you know, they... You know, they, they pull out a copy of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and uh, I, I've never heard of this book. <gasps> he hasn't written it. Oh, now you've created a Tom pa- time paradox. Good job. And, and, and of note, Cade says, even I've heard of that book, and I haven't heard of any books. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is fair. And that was from, I think, 1870. Does he say what year he's from? I don't know. I don't think so, but I think it... Oh, uh, I do think they... I don't think they explicitly say the year, no. He, he says that he met... He references having been around in 1862. Hmm. But they don't say when exactly. But uh, it was one of my favorite books as a kid. Yeah. And uh, and the James Mason movie is also pretty good, if anybody's <laughs> seen that. Yeah, I've only seen the movie versions. I, I don't think I've read anything of this. I read hmm. a bunch of Jules Verne when I was in, like, third grade. Yeah, that was from 1870, yeah. so presumably at some point before that. Is it before he got the big book deal to start writing the series of journey books and travel into the moon and shit, probably? Which yeah. is... I don't know. I, I looked so, up So weirdly time. enough, he... So he, he does pretty pretty quickly figure out he's in the future, but weirdly enough, he recognizes Heatwave, who does not recognize him. Heatwave yeah. is also not having this. <laughs> like... Time travel, I'm out. It does kind of, Kate's reaction does kind of drive home, like, these are just 
you know, rescue people who are having to deal with all of these weird science shenanigans and they're not necessarily prepared for this kind of nonsense. Because apparently Varn has been time traveling a bunch of times and on a previous trip he went even further into the future where he will meet Cybertronians. Yes. Who are openly Cybertronians, apparently. And uh, they've they've also retrieved uh, Jules Verne's balloon and uh, it's, uh, Chase is very dismissive of the hot air balloon. It's a highly inefficient mode of transportation, but uh, Boulder thinks they're charming. Yeah, Boulder is correct. It, uh, charming, but dangerous. <laughs> well, yes. And yes, he, he has come back to uh, to see his friend, Dr. Morocco. <gasps> Nanny? <laughs> yes. Dun-dun-dun. Because, of course, you will recall that... Uh, Part of Morocco's Chamber of Youth is the Vern device. Previously, we had just assumed that it was invented by uh, actor Jim Varney. <laughs> but in fact, uh, it was invented by Jules Verne. And now Jules Verne has been milkshake ducked. He, he has been revealed to be in league with the bad guys, and now we have to hate him. But no, <laughs> that's not actually what happens. No, you see, uh, we, we met in the London Exhibition in 1862, and... Uh, you know, we became friends, but, you know, like many friends, we drifted apart. Does this perhaps seem important to you, young boy? <laughs> but they are kind of like, uh, he's like a really bad guy. Like, are you sure that's who you're here looking for? Because he's like, he, he's bad. He's bad. Now, the question is why he's come here, specifically, because he got a letter, I assume from the, like, 1860s French version of Joe Flaherty from the end of Back to the Future 2. <laughs> oh, that's who that was. That like, bugged me. Excuse me, are you Mr. Vern? Yes. <laughs> uh, the boys in the office had a bet about whether you'd really be here. Hello, are you Monsieur Vern? <laughs> Monsieur Vern? Wee oui, wee. Oui. Uh, however, instead of having the letter come from the past, this letter has seemingly come from the future. <gasps> oh, what is the stamps on that involved? How do you do the conversion rate? So many stamps. I mean, actually, you'd end up just having to put, like, a nickel stamp on it, and that would be enough. Well, I guess he had to, like, steal some antique stamps so nobody would uh, wonder why this guy who hasn't been born yet is on a stamp. <laughs> oh, is that why all his crime was? Like, he had to be able to afford an antique stamp that was authentic to send back in time, and that cost, like, millions of dollars. Who is on this stamp? Queen Elizabeth? That is impossible. The second? There's only been one. <laughs> I was going to say, that's if like... this is supposed to be Queen Victoria, she has lost a great deal of weight. Stealing an antique stamp would be, like, the least of his crimes. Yeah, well... Well, yes. yes. But, I mean, also, he'd probably use, like, bioengineered weevils to steal them or yes. something. As is his <laughs> way. Bio-weevils. So anyway, it has come, uh, you know, it, it has a set of coordinates in it. And so they, uh, they go out to, uh, to follow, to track it down. So we're, we're going with our previous guest, our high tide. Yay! He's back! He's recurring! Yay! So, you know, they, they head out on his boat form. Uh, you know, Cody's playing fetch with, uh, Servo and he's like, ah, he is man's best friend. Perhaps man needs a best friend, eh, small boy? <laughs> Does this relate to any experiences you may have had recently? <laughs> I don't think he wrote Man's Best Friend. That was wait, that's a horror movie about a killer dog, isn't you it? You mean the you mean the killer dog movie with uh uh Lance Henriksen? Yeah. Like Cujo? <laughs> well uh, I mean this is an even more ridiculous kill, killer dog movie. It is a bioengineered killer dog that pees acid. <laughs> killer weird cyborg dog, or was it all robotic? No, that's Bad stupid. Movie. I hate it. 
Well, no, it's definitely bioengineered because we see it. It has puppies. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So it's a cyborg. Have, An enhanced human dog and. Have your pets spayed or neutered, folks. Come on. Have your killer robot dogs. Help control the pet population. Watch prices right. Yes. Anyway, so they get out there. They can't find anything, but then they're attacked by the white whale. What the? He didn't write Moby Dick either. What the hell? <laughs> oh, I, I did not write this book. I did not get it. I mean that. This book. It is American. It is too full of metaphors. Nobody has a submarine in it. It's very boring. How many side stops does he make to visit other future writers? I mean, Melville is not. Wasn't that like somewhat old, even by Jules Verne's time? I have no clue. I'm pretty sure it's. I mean, from I like think it was vaguely based on an actual incident, but the incident happened long before uh, Melville actually wrote it. Okay, Moby Dick is from 1851, so okay. Verne would have known about that. I was actually thinking closer to like 1815, but yeah. So yes, I think that's that's when the thing actually happened because in the in the movie that that uh, they made of the actual incident uh, in the heart of the sea, which is actually pretty decent, uh, oh. like the Melville interviews a guy like the cabin boy who was played by Tom Holland. <gasps> oh, in, right, I remember seeing in the like the 1850 segment. But then by the time he actually meets Melville, he's aged to be uh, Brendan Gleeson. Oh. <laughs> Which really makes me want like an old Spider-Man movie where Spider-Man is Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> Just old Spider-Man. Just like an angry, ill-tempered Brendan Gleeson in a Spider-Man costume. Yes. Well, we're doing all the multiverse stuff. When are we going to get time travel, Spider-Man? Well, uh, aside from um, 2099. It is important, if you're going to be a writer, to uh, keep up with current trends in the industry. So I'm sure he had probably read Moby Dick. Hmm. Uh, This is a whale. Better if it was a squid. I mean, yeah. Squids are way cooler than whales. I mean, whales are anyway. Cool. So, so they are attacked by what's well, good when they fight by the white jumps. whale. I, and I wait but it, but it seems that this whale has a camera on it, and it is beckoning them to follow. Hmm. <laughs> so, high tide, you know, turns into a submarine, and, uh, and the chief and Cody and uh, Jules Verne go under, and he's all like, "Hey, a submarine! I bet you could write a book about this." <laughs> This would be pretty cool. This would be a good book. And then they, they find they find uh, the uh, Jules Verne's big, or they find Morocco's big anglerfish ship, which of course is called the Nemo. Oh, Nemo, let me just write that down. Make a note of that. Now we are in a time circle. So yes. we're, we're wrecking the time stream. It, I mean, they've done worse. Yeah. It, it's like the watch in that movie Somewhere in Time. Like, uh, Christopher Reeve gives the, uh, gets this watch from an old, from the old lady and then he gives it to her going back in time when she's young. But then where did the watch oh, come yeah. from? That, that's the, well, naming something is, is more forgivable, but actual objects that, like, unless time travel exists, they don't exist. They're, they're just loop. Where the fuck did it come from? I, I was thinking. I, the, I, I am very K. The time travel. I, I hate it more every year. I was thinking that it was <laughs> like there's... how Shatterstar is Longshot's son, but also like the person he was cloned from. Hmm. <laughs> my father. My son. My, he's my father <laughs> and my son. Get, get, I'm just picturing Shatterstar getting slapped by uh, Jack Nicholson. Anyway. Uh, so, you I'm know, just trying to remember charming. that name of the story where you're your own father and mother and sister and wife and things. What the fuck? Uh, is that is that Heinlein or something? Yeah. It's got, Stranger in a Strange Land? No, it's got a we- It is a weird name that doesn't seem like it's time travel involved. Like it's I'm a zombie or something. It's weird. Oh, okay. Oh, all you zombies? Yes. Yeah, something okay. like that. Anyway, so they there's there's some charming piano music as they descend into the depths. And, uh, they, you know, they get to the Nemo, and, uh, Dr. Morocco is there himself, and he sure looks like a guy who's been alive 
since 1862. Yeah, he's not yeah, doing he's great. All hunched and sickly gray and sound yes, well, 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 yes, you see, I had to, uh, had to give my, my Vern device to, uh, to Madeline Pinch, uh, she was my ship, and I was planning to double cross her, but then it didn't work, so I'm just here, and now I'm super old. In hindsight, maybe I should have kept the Chamber of Youth. <laughs> yeah, I Chamber mean... Youth as opposed to Giant Submarine. Dude! How... Yeah. Well, you know, all my, all my stuff was mm. here. Except for the Chamber of Youth. <laughs> Except for the one part that really matters. <laughs> That's where all my stuff is. But he, my stuff yeah. but he did have enough juice left in his time machines to send a letter back in time. Because it's easier to send a letter than a person. He's like, oh, well, that is fine. I can use the Vern device from my time travel balloon. I'm pretty sure when but they're from, it was still legal to mail people. Or which, at least children. <laughs> Currently seems to be possibly the only method of time travel. At least last time I read stupid theories about that shit. Mailing like, children? No, no, no. <laughs> Sending information through time. Uh-huh. Like, mm. uh... Oh, what's that stupid, confusing time travel movie where you need a chart? Oh, Primer? Yes. But the basic concept of Primer is, like, you turn a machine on, and from when it's on to whenever... It is now. You could send information from now back to when it was turned on. In theory, that's how time travel could work now. Oh, that's just making me think of that scene from Spaceballs. <laughs> yes. When will ne- then be now? Yeah, kind of. But like, it, it's like that's the only feasible way time travel can work because time travel is insane, and and it, it's sci-fi shit. And this is messing with it in really weird ways, but not annoying ways. I mean. There are probably episodes of Doctor Who that are more annoying than Doctor Who. I usually, I usually give it a pass because that's time tourism. <laughs> yeah. It's not often trying to fuck with the entire space-time continuum. Until lately. Well, I haven't watched it in a couple of years. It's like time travel. It's, it's like the more the older I get, the more I hate time travel. Although, uh, Jen, you'll appreciate this. Uh-huh. The moment I started to really, really hate time travel was a Michael Crichton book. Oh, oh timeline. I think the one where he goes back in time to medieval times and yeah, that's the one where there's an incredibly bullshit explanation of why you can't affect the past from yeah by or by going back in time. Some garbage shit that wasn't like like the best time travel story. Oddly, Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Because you can travel back in time, but it's not your own timeline. It's another parallel universe you're traveling mm-hmm. to. Which is why and you can't yeah, fuck with time. I remember there's some metaphor about, like, hey, what if you time travel back to a baseball game? Could you affect the outcome? Yes, you could. You could, like, shoot the pitcher yeah. or something. <laughs> you absolutely could, Michael Crichton. Yeah, I, that was, like, I forget if that was the very first book, but that was nearly the first book. Like, I got from the library, I got about halfway through, or maybe not even that far, and I took it that back, was, and I did not finish it. That was it. definitely during that stage where he was just cranking out stuff for contractual obligations. Yeah, th- this was after Jurassic Park when whatever would fucking sell. But anyway, so, you know, he's happy to share this friend device, but she was all, uh, no, you're wanted for, like, a million crimes. <laughs> so many crimes. Like they were nanites, there was a there were your robots, there was the, the rampaging dinosaur robot, there was the weather machine, there were your super ants. Yeah, Chief is not ready to just like give him his youth back and let him go. But Chief, this man is my friend. He's a super criminal. He is the friendship. My friend. Mon ami. <laughs> oh ho ho. And of course he's also um uh, he, you know, he wants to know what the deal with the Vern machine is, but I have taken an oath never to real, reveal the source of energy. Yeah. So, well, it's not going to work, so it's time for plan B. So I'm just going to put you in a force field, and I'm going to use this Ant-Man helmet that I have now switched over to an Aquaman <laughs> helmet. Yes. Flip the switch. You just changed which superhero. It, 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 yeah, it's it doesn't literally yeah, have a switch, play. but kind of has that vibe. Listen, I just had to swap out the ant parts with fish parts. It's very simple. All fishes. Just every kind of aquatic fish. 
But and yet everything that he we see him summon is whales and squids, so no fish at no, all. A ma- mammals and slephopods. <laughs> Yes. So, so yeah, High Tide is attacked with a squid, and Vern is all, ah, oh, a squid attacking a ship. Let me write that down. Let me make the note. Oh, this is a good idea. He is not actually even as French as we keep picking. <laughs> no. No, it, no, it's a decent French accent. It's just that we can't do that. It's just that it's funny. You know, <laughs> Overdone yes. French it's, accents are hilarious. It's kind of a subtle French accent that works rather well. But I mean, Dietrich Bader is a good voice actor. Yeah. He's he, he makes it recognizably French without him being like hilariously Maurice Chevalier. Yes. Well, no, well that's the thing. Like trying to do other accents convincingly is pretty fucking hard. See X Men <laughs> previous statement. <laughs> I can't touch you, Remy. I mean, or at least as an American, like. English accent. There, there are various ones you could probably nail down because it's still in the same language. Australian. Well, I can't do it right now. My throat is sore. Uh, crikey, you dingoes! But doing a distinct other language accent is hard to hit without coming off as racist caricature. But at least against the French, it's funny. Everybody okay. likes it, making listen, fun of the they're, French. They're also white. It's okay. So we can also do uh, French accents and Italian yes. accents. But especially with the French. Well, from Jersey, of course, I could do Italian accents. Well, that's Italian. That's Italian American accent. Italian American. Well, yeah, that's normal. That's my name. Is you just sound like Tony Soprano? I am. I am of. of, But I'm talking like, oh, I'm. I'm making the pizza. I am of. Oh no, not a Mario. I am of Irish, English, and Scandinavian ancestry. I have a long family history of making fun of the French. (laughs) Well, English, probably Irish, maybe Welsh, French. My last name is Dutch, supposedly, but as far as I know, there's no Dutch in my family line. So is it like mine, where it turns out that even a hundred years ago, occasionally people would have sexual relations with people who were not their spouses? Well, yes. Um, my sister's my been doing genealogy, so I know too much. Maternal side is, I think the last name is German? So also known for picking on the French. Yes. Well, yeah, and also I'm a little bit French, so I can make fun of French. It is easy. <laughs> They're so well, funny. And, and so anyway, Italians the, by way of marriage of cousins, so that's fine. I can make fun of so, so, so the, many. The squid does end up pulling the, sh- the ship underwater, but um, high tide gets back in, turns it into you know gigantic Pacific Rim mode. The Pacific Rim <laughs> music starts firing up again. Yep, that's his theme music now. Hey Jules Verne, just... where's that book? <laughs> uh, it's a Pacific Rim. I will, I will, I must leave it hidden away for a hundred years uh, until it is discovered by a man who is uh, uh, capable and Mexican enough to make it <laughs> yes. the the film I envision. Wait a minute, you're half right. Hmm? There was a book that Jules Verne wrote, but wasn't published for over a hundred years. Yeah. Was it about giant robots? That got published, I think, when I was actually working at a bookstore. Yeah, it was like the 80s, 90s or something. the 90s. He wrote it as like, it was like a seat, like he had a a five book contract or some shit. And and like the second book he wrote was like set about like the future, a hundred years from now in 1960. And then his publisher was like, that's kind of depressing. Let's shelve it. I want to say that it's like... And then go look at the Wikipedia page. And how many things were kind of right. Oh. Paris in the 20th century. Yes. uh, Which presents Paris in the year 1960, 97 years in the future, that was not published until 1994. Ah, 94. And... uh, Although although many of his uh, predictions were quite on target, his publisher thought the book was too unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, like there's a vague thing about sending electronic messages or music made electronically or electric powered cars. Or, or what, okay, you know, so that was cars. two years before I was working in a bookstore. So, but yes, I definitely mm. remember that coming out. You would have still been dealing with re- ah, but the the it was published in French in '94. But the English translation was published in ninety six. There we go. Ah. That's so right on the yep. dot. I I swore I would rem- I remembered that like being a thing that came in while I was at the good old Double Day. Probably got my dad a copy of it for Christmas. 
everybody got books. Now everyone's getting kittens for Christmas. It's <laughs> going to be like when I worked at a bookstore and everybody got books for Christmas, but with kittens. Anyway, there's no giant robot in that book, sadly. Alas. And, and, and Morocco was all, hey, well, 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 when did you get one of those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he hasn't been around. He's been underwater for half a season. Hey. Well, I'm just going to surrender, or that thing's just going to step Yes, on. He, he does. He's just like, well, I give up. <laughs> just, nope. Not even going to try fighting that thing. <laughs> he says, all right, fine, but will you at least put me in the euthanine machine so I'm not... Uh, <laughs> you know, 150 years old. And then they're like, no, you're a criminal. And then Jules Verne makes puppy dog eyes at the chief and is like, fine. So, yeah, they, uh, you know, they put him back in jail and Jules Verne, you know, visits to talk with him. And, you know, so so Cody is all, you know. Eavesdropping. This, 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 is, this is very similar to what I'm going through. Maybe I should call Frankie, but uh, she's not answering. She's not answering. She's... Hanging up on him. I'm sure there's some cool hip Gen Z lingo for for that, um, but I don't know what. I think she's put she's putting him on red. Oh, <laughs> yep, there you go. She's putting him on red. But no, she she does eventually answer, and uh, you know, and you know, Vernon Morocco, things aren't going well because uh, well, I'm I'm far too evil to be your friend now. I'm sorry. <laughs> professionally evil. This isn't going to work I mean, out. he is professionally evil, so it's not something he can give up yes. easily or he's going to have to find another job. And there's a video call and Frankie's all, wait a minute, are you thinking I'm going to turn into a mad scientist? I mean, have you met your dad? He's like, he's like one rejected grant application away from building a doomsday device. He's, he's true neutral scientist, or neutral chaotic, maybe. Hmm. So, you know, they, uh, but, you know, so, you know, he is going to take that math course, and she's very interested to find that Jules Verne is actually there. <laughs> and speeds the fuck over, as you should. Yes, yeah. she's very excited. Aw, nerdy kids. So, you know, he's, they've, they've fixed up this balloon, Verne's going to go back home, and he, you know, I, he wants to take Morocco back to, to his time to serve a sentence. And what? No, he's a criminal. The, oh, yeah. Who is it that says, like, two bodies in the same place at the same time? It's Graham, because Graham has uh, seen the movie Time Cop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He probably has. You know, this could be a real, uh, you know, this could be a real Ron Silver situation where they like they get, like, pushed into each other and they, like, melt into a screaming blob of goo. <laughs> I, I will say that one thing that I liked about Avengers Endgame was how the characters, you know, were aware of, of other time travel movies and using that to communicate yeah. the, the scientific side of what was going on. Hmm. I'm not sure that I'm not sure if any of them had seen Time Cop. Yeah, I don't know if they no, brought up Time Cop. Anyway, and then Cody has the totally terrifying idea of, well, you know, why don't we? That device also erases memories, so why don't we just re erase all his memories of being evil? Yeah, that's and that's, that's not cool. No. Oh, I guess uh, Cody. Cody's the one who's going to turn into a mad scientist. If you no kidding, <laughs> you want a Squadron Supreme because that's how you get a Squadron Supreme. <laughs> it's not okay. That's not like. It shouldn't be legal. Presumably, well, if it was uh, possible, it would not be. Well, oh yeah, if it was actually possible in the real world, that would be fucking nuts. But hypothetically, if he consented to it, yes, that would be okay. Well, well, I mean, then it's just an eternal sunshine. Yeah. But but like as criminal punishment, oh no, <laughs> please no. He might come out worse. Uh, and he's all hit. And then Vernon's all, well, okay, if we do not want to have the time cop, why do not I take him to the future? I will visit him in the future. I go there all the time. That is how my book was so accurate. <laughs> Surely if he has access to future technology and no memories, he will not just become evil all oh, over again. Wait. <laughs> Do they ever actually... He, like, at the beginning, he asked, what year is this? Do they ever actually tell him? I don't think they I do. No, they do no. not. Well, also, 
hand wavy. This can take a place whenever the fuck. Maybe he yes. thought it was 1960. <laughs> uh, how how short are the skirts these days? <laughs> is, I am French. It is how we tell time. <laughs> oh, that 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 is that is another thing in, in the book. He predicted women get the right or uh, feminism or something. I think I forget if it was women get the right to vote, but. Something I, I glazed over the wow. Well, he predicted a lot of shit that was sort of kind of right. And of course, Boulder also notices that. Oh, hey, this Vern device—it's uh, Energon, huh? <laughs> of course, the As obvious. A, well, I've been to the future. I cannot tell you any more. But hey, I'll see you soon, Heatwave. Wink, oh, wink, oh, wink, wink, he nudge, been, nudge. He's been to the future and knows a lot about history. Say no more. And, and Heatwave is just so friggin' mad about this. Like, oh my. <laughs> He is mad, red, and nude about, uh, well, actually, he is always red and yes. nude, but uh, about all this time teasing. Is he nude, though? Is he, like, that's always the Transformers thing, like, is there skin there, gray face, and they just have armor over that that is sort of clothes as, that makes them transform, and that it's like... But then sometimes they wear clothes over that. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes, yes, they're wearing a trench coat. Like when they're coat. trying to hide their identity and they wear a big trench coat. <laughs> yes. Over their giant shoulders. Or when they've declared themselves the leader and they wear a cape. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. Or when they're Dracula and they wear a cape. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they, they go to jail to get Morocco, but unfortunately he has pulled a Superman too. <gasps> There's a hologram. Just 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 him and Otis. <laughs> Bust out a stir. Jules and of course Vernon he's trying to Otis? steal the, and of course he's trying to steal this balloon because uh, I'm I'm just going back uh, to to wreak havoc in the past or future or wherever. Just gotta get back in time. <laughs> but thankfully, you know, Heatwave gets there, puts puts the handcuffs on him, and uh, now it is time to go back to the future. What through shenanigans? Yes, through shenanigans. There, there's there's some grabbing on of the like ropes from the from the balloon. I don't really know my hot air balloon techno- uh, terminology. Hmm. I mean, I assume they're just ropes. No, but it, it's annoying. Well, it's annoying to me that like Morocco was willing to throw Jules Verne over the side. That's how evil he is. Yeah, it, that should have been like the twist re- moment of redemption. That seeing his old friend, it's like, okay, I'll drag you back up, and then we'll go. And also, if you th- if you kill Jules Verne at this point in history, you're probably going to like cause some sort of terrible paradox. Yeah, yeah that's not going to be good. Can't really do that now. Unless you go back in time and write his books and cash his checks. Wait a minute. Ooh, there's a there's a plot. Uh, uh, yes, it is me, Doctor uh, Verne. Ah ha ha ha. We we. And then yeah, we cut to them in the future in future Paris. Yes, with with giant evil mega corporation pyramids in the background. And an Eiffel Tower. Yeah, like people on, people yeah, on jetpacks in like revolutionary era French garb. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hilarious. It's cute. It it is a weird place to end this. Like going from steampunk to cyberpunk. And like this entire episode is a Jules Verne fanfic to a degree I would not have expected. This is a very strange episode, but I I did enjoy it. It's just so weird. Yeah, but it's also like it's like it's also a Morocco fanfic because it feels like oh we're trying to redeem Morocco and put Jules Verne in my fanfic. It's a it's a Hulak story or some shit. It's yeah. I mean if I mean you know this is this is you know. Aimed at a fairly young audience, but perhaps some somebody is growing up and writing uh, about the the erotic tenderness between Jules Verne and Doctor Morocco. <laughs> yes, but the, yeah, like, I ship it. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I was watching this episode. Like this episode is really weird and a little gay. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it just feels so much like fanfic. The fact that it's official makes it cooler. Doctor Baraka, I do like this episode. It's just is odd. a big fuck. Come on. Well, yes, yes. I ship it. <laughs> it, it. It is a brazenly weird episode, but I greatly enjoy it. <laughs> yes. 
It's a lot of fun. It's about friendship. Everyone who has it available to them should watch the BotBots cartoon. It is also also about friendship and really good. Also that. <laughs> and yet, did I just... Was it before BotBots came out that we watched the uh, previous Rescue Bots episode that they worked on? I believe... Let's see. So that was Bots and Robbers, which... I don't know how long that was in the last season, so I think that was pre. Okay, because that was a very silly episode. So that's definitely that same being very funny. Yes, uh, that's that's one where Heatwave becomes a noir detective, (laughs) (laughs) or no, Chase becomes a noir detective. Sorry, yes, Chase becomes a noir detective. Oh, that was a really good episode. Man, I want more bot bots, and we're not gonna get it. I I have no delusions that we are going to get more bot bots, but man, that was a Alas. fun ten episodes of a cartoon. <laughs> uh, all right, so that does it for us for this week, uh, and that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes, uh, this week on Ginga Man. Wait, no, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five Man episode Ginga Man appear. Oh, okay. Okay. Th- this episode has some. Well, the monster of the week is Gagagian. It is a big moth monster that spits on people and makes them sick. However, there's also Galaxy Squadron Ginga Man, a team of five aliens who are rangers fighting the monster of the week. And then the, the five man show up is like, wait, they're stealing our shtick. What's going on here? <laughs> and then um, eight years later, they would make Seiju Sentai Ginga Man, also named Ginga Man, as a show. Like, it's weird that the, the, the gag monster of the week, Rangers, share the same name as an actual Ranger team that shows up nearly a decade later. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like they're above reusing names every once in a while. I mean, uh, I don't think Five Man was the original name of the team. Every once in a while, they they come up with like, oh, here's some name we're going to use. Oh, we don't use it this year. We use it a couple years later or something. <laughs> but that the spoilers, bad guys of the week are named after future Rangers is weird. Yeah. Anyway, but they do show up. They're good guys. They're, they're helping people. They're, they're, they're injecting the people that were infected by the moth monster of the week and saving them and doing good work. And, and, and the rangers are all, wait a minute, these guys are bad. And then you have civilians who have been rescued by these Ginga men saying, hey, stop being racist against aliens. <laughs> aliens are people too. I mean, stop being racist against aliens. So that's a good message, but it comes out in the end that, that like, the Rangers are racist against aliens because they don't even consider the possibility that, oh, maybe these aliens actually are good and are fighting the aliens that are here to conquer Earth. They're totally on the side that, no, these guys are bad because they're aliens. They're right, which is annoying, but it's just weird. But yeah, the, the Rangers are annoyed that they're they're copying their their look, scarves and things, and then they all they call call out colors and it's like I'm Ginga Red and Ginga Blue and Ginga Pink, and then they have colorful fireworks behind them. They're an actual Sentai team. Ginga Man always makes me think of gingham, like the pattern. <laughs> well, uh, Ginga actually means galaxy. I see. Oh. Isn't there also, like, a Japanese micromaster named Gingham? Yes. Yes. There was also a Japanese... There are Japanese micromasters named a lot of things, though. Well, that's true. Like mixing. And Alan. Peepo! Peepo! And Holly. <laughs> Peepo. Boater. Boater. Anyway, they, they, attack, they attack with Ging... Ginga Frisbee, Ginga Whip, Ginga Handgun. One of them just pulls out a handgun. Uh, they're basically like knockoff cantina aliens, kind of. Like, they're very cheap. Like, here's some clothes with a mask on top. Mm-hmm. 
but it works. Just enough for this episode. Do any of them have, like, a testicle chin? Like that one, one team of them with aliens. has sort of like a weird centipede face thing. Ginga Red. Wait, let's see if I can get a picture. There's no good picture? No? Why? Of course not. Whatever. These centipede alien thingies on. Um, where was I? Oh, so like the 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 the, the Ginga men are helping out humans. They're they're helping like a child that they rescued and his father sell baked Ginga cookies or whatever. And news reporters are showing up and covering all this. And Ginga man or, or five man's like, I don't really like this. They're aliens. Still, calm down. Stop being racist in public. And then uh, Ginga Red is in a bathhouse. With children, which is a little weird. And then the moth monster comes in and, and, and kidnaps the same child he tried to attack at the beginning of the episode. The child of the week, as it were. And, and the, the, the male rangers show up because it's a men's only bathroom. And Ginga Red did not get out of the water because he's naked and shy. <laughs> okay. Same. But five men show up, and the three guys, they get brainwashed by the moth, because he can brainwash people. It's his shtick. Oh, I wonder what the plot of the week is. Anyway, he kidnaps his child, goes away, goes back to the thing, and the child finds out, Oh, no, Ginga Man that saved me and I loved are evil. No, racism is good. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but, but, but their their plan is, like, as they go, they're going to go to a rock quarry. The moth monster is going to be holding the child hostage. Ginga Man's going to arrive, fight all the mooks. And then after they capture the moth monster of the week, the, the reporter that's been following them around will interview them and the moth monster will hypnotize billions on TV. Okay. It's a decent little stupid plan. But then the, the rangers show up because they know the aliens are evil, even though they're just suspicious as fuck. Oh, and there's a weird shot, like, while, while the rock quarry stuff is going on. It cuts back to the three male rangers being electrocuted. <laughs> because the girls and their, their robot nanny figured out, well, the only way to, to get the hypnotism off is to electrocute the shit out of them, and it works. Yeah, electroshock sure. therapy. That's, that's known to be a successful and not terrible, absolutely horrible, unpleasant thing to do. <laughs> So five men show up as the reporter is about to interview Ginga Man and hypnotize the world and and beat they start beating the shit out of Ginga Man. The reporter's like, "What the fuck? They just saved the child!" <laughs> and, and then they have to explain. Well, also the aliens showed themselves being evil to the child, so they have a witness. Why the fuck did you do that? It would have been a little bit better. It would have made the Rangers look bad if they tried this shit. And then, then some of the, the general goons show up. It's like, you fucked up our plan. Your plan almost worked. Why did you have to do it? You could have tried it again. Oh, so close. <laughs> anyway, the, the, the rangers fight. They beat up the, the Ginga Man and the Moth Monster of the Week. I forget if they killed Ginga Man. The guys. I don't know. But they kill the monster, and then the monster grows big. Giant robot fight. They have a fight. <laughs> yeah, triangle wins. Remember how I mentioned the bathhouse uh -huh. and the child of the week? That was I always remember bathhouses. <laughs> that was kidnapped from the bathhouse while naked and spends like the second half of the episode either naked or in a burlap sack. That sounds inappropriate. It is very inappropriate. <laughs> like the Ginga Man stuff in this episode is kind of funny and entertaining, mm -hmm. but then the, you have this horrible shadow of naked child in the background. It's like, please no. No. I, I do not need want to see small boy butt. Please no. It's not okay. So other than that, fun episode. <laughs> other than the child porn, fun episode. Well, it's not porn. It, it's just like he drops the burlap sack and he sees butt. It's like, really? Did we need that? No. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. not. Alright, well that that is it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more Rescue Boss action. Until then, of course, you can find us all... And, well, it, it's it's closer to Christmas. We might have a filler, might have a filler episode, episode. A special presentation, if you will. Uh, but yep. next time we talk we'll about see. Rescue Bots, we'll be seeing some new characters. 
<gasps> and we'll be saying hello again to show favorite Margaret Scott. Will there be more time travel? Are, are, are we going to have Back to the Future 3? Will there be a train? <laughs> Will the Galaxy Shuttle arrive? Uh, no to all of those things. Well, uh, yes to the last one, because I just got my Galaxy Shuttle hey, in the hey. mail. Well, good. So far, I've only turned him into a train, because time travel appropriate. All right. I got Victory Saber, and mine's Chrome is in generally very good shape, so... Yay! What is there anything else wrong with him? Like, cause the nose cone connect. Nope, mine's fine. Weird things. <laughs> is, the, is the little face good? Yeah. Okay, cause there've been a lot of little complaints about that, even beyond the paint problems. What, like the little face, like the brain master's face? Yeah, I think like somebody like the, the face was smudged on that, mm. but you couldn't tell in the package until you opened him up because he was. Well, yeah, because it's like way down in the like several layers deep of super robot armor. I mean, Saber's face is fine. Uh, the brain of courage, I believe it is. Uh, I haven't looked that close because his face no. is extremely small. Well, yeah, it's extremely tiny. You're never going to see it. But uh, of course, in, before our next Rescue Bots episode, you will. Uh, We'll be all of you there. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon that has a special Christmas treat for you. Yes. This year. We are hosted on IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is Patreon.com slash IaconUnderground, uh, where for the holidays, we are the going to be season. visiting the the classic He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special, which uh, is is pretty fun. <laughs> also, Indeed, it's also, uh, unless I've counted wrong, our very special Patreon episode sixty-nine. Nice hashtag. Nice. <laughs> nice. So yeah, we will be discussing that in this month's episode. Uh, it is available uh, on YouTube through the official channel, the, the official Masters of the Universe channel for free. Uh, so if you have a, a brisk 45 minutes to waste on watching a TV show over the holiday season, that, that is a good, that's a good pick. A perennial eternal Christmas special. Yes. <laughs> All right. So until next time, you just we rub. I'm Jen, and yeah, I ship it. <laughs> and I'm David. Go, go, Gingham, man. Gingham. I should remember the theme song. <laughs> <laughs>